Welcome to this next episode of Who Day Talk, guys. Uh, it's an exciting day in Who Day Nation. Uh, Zach Taylor has officially been announced our new head coach, our 10th head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so today we're going to be breaking that down. We're going to be talking about some potential positional coaches, uh, some guys who have already been hired. Um, let's just get right into it. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Zach Taylor hire? I know we've talked about it a little bit already, but might as well talk about it again. Yep. Uh, as I said a couple of weeks ago, this is a risky hire that has a lot of upside and also could be disastrous. Uh, we really don't know what we're expecting. He doesn't have a, t- a lot of experience at all. He's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL for five games, but he was using Lasers Playbook. We all know that playbook sucks. Uh, he was offensive coordinator at UC where he for a year he only averaged 19 points per game, but being an offensive coordinator – being a coach just in general in college in the NFL at that high of a level is so much different. And UC was a mess that year. I'm not a UC fan, but I remember they were bad. So we just don't know what we're getting. I know the Rams thought very high of Taylor, and I read somewhere that it was rumored, in, according to Rams fans, that Taylor was actually going to be promoted to offensive coordinator. Still wouldn't have been calling plays, but if he didn't come here, he probably would have gone to offensive coordinator. I don't know how much of that would be true, just because he'd be essentially jumping Shane Waldron. And I, it just, that, that seemed very weird to me because if he was named offensive coordinator, then they'd have both an offensive coordinator and a passing game coordinator. And I think that's just like a, more like a conflict of interest, I guess. I mean, I, I think at, at best he was probably going to be like, I don't know, promoted to co-passing game coordinator or something like that. Uh-huh. I just couldn't. I just can't see him jumping Shane Walden, Shane Walden in that. Well, it but sounded I mean, like it was more of a just a name name changes kind of Rams hoping his name out. It sounded like his role really wasn't going to change because he because he does do a lot of game playing with McVay. That's something not that not a lot of people talk about is he's with McVeigh when they're game planning. So the Bengals notice that. I think that's part of the reason that intrigued him just because he's been under that. He's been learning this creative offense that's been, that was dominating this year. That was something intriguing for the, the Bengals brass. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, he obviously wowed them in the interviews. Uh, there's reports of two other teams being completely wowed by him in interviews and him being strong candidates for them as well. Um, but off the Zach Taylor topic for a minute, uh, we did hire a few positional coaches already. We hired um, – so the names are – do you have the names down? I don't have uh, Brian uh, – uh, Brian Callahan, obviously. Brian Callahan, offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator. I'm not sure that's pen to paper yet, but it's pretty official. Yeah, I mean, John Gruden was um, – he, he, was he said it. At the senior bowl and uh, – yeah, I mean, I, let's just talk about that for a little bit. Uh, I I think we've talked about this before, but I mean, like, this is something that you've said more than me, but I think having three quarterbacks in that room will help Andy out. And from the press conference, it seemed like Andy Dalton was going to be staying from the photos that Zach Taylor, or from the photos that the Bengals released, the videos of Zach Taylor interacting with Dalton. It seems like Dalton is here to stay. So with what we have, I think having three quarterback guys in Van Pelt, Callahan, and Zach Taylor is going to help him a lot. Uh, I still don't think he's the answer, but I mean, at this point we have what we have and we can talk about that. Yeah. And going to Andy real quick, usually I don't look too much when new coaches come and talk about players because they're not going to talk bad, but yeah, just the way he was talking about Andy in that press conference. Oh, 
he just fits exactly what I want to do offensively. If there was any chance of Taylor wanting to trade him, he doesn't speak that highly of him. So I can, I'm, I'm going to be really shocked that the Bengals do trade Andy. He's the guy this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm starting to go towards that way as well. I know we had a lot of people like Joe Goodberry and uh, just many other guys that are, have been hinting at a rumor towards. Andy going to the uh, Redskins, and I mean it's an easy conclusion to come to. I mean, the Redskins have Jay Gruden, who pounded the table for him during the draft. They also have, well, they're also interviewing two former Bengal assistant coaches uh, for jobs within that organization. I think and Bill Lazor got quarterback's job. He oh he he actually got it. Okay, so I yeah, think so. maybe I'm wrong, but I think he did. Yeah. So I mean, regardless, I mean, it, there's a connection there for sure. But, I mean, as of now, it looks like Andy is set in as, as our starting quarterback for 2019. Um, but, yeah, uh, let's move on to a little more of a controversial hire. Um, probably about 30 minutes ago, a report started coming out from Texas, Texas A&M uh, head coaches and uh, Texas A&M commits saying that Jim Turner is going to be leaving Texas A&M and be the Bengals' next offensive line coach. Um, the reason this is so polarizing is because Jim Turner was the offensive line coach who was accused of bullying and sexist uh, and or bullying and saying sexist and um, homophobic things. Um, this isn't a political podcast at all, so I'm not going to get into that at all. Not nothing specific on that, but it's a polarizing thing because some people are going to look at that as bad, and I mean they probably should. I mean bullying and harassment is not a good thing especially within a team and you want your team to be to i mean to be a team i mean teammates shouldn't bully each other and they shouldn't coaches shouldn't encourage that bullying i don't know what you think about it but i i don't like the hire personally i don't like the hire i think he's a decent coach not great not bad he has experience but just i mean he had a bottom 10 his offensive line his two years in the nfl had a bottom 10 offensive line but not a lot of talent though not a lot of talent, but I mean, it was still bottom ten. Like, I mean, you could argue that the Bengals had at least in this year one of the bad offensive lines, but I don't think anybody was thinking Frank Pollock did a bad job with the group. It's eventually, that's a fair argument. I'll, I'll give you that, but I guess my point of that is, if you have a guy with very a lot of baggage, and you're bringing, and he doesn't, he hasn't not he okay. So if we're going with your point where okay, he had battle personnel, whatever. I still think to take a guy with that much baggage, he has to be proven. You, he has to prove himself. He has to he has to be more than just, okay, well, we don't know what he is. Because there's a, there's a ton of guys out there that we don't know what they are that don't have that baggage. I agree. I don't like the hire at all. And he's he was actually the one who developed a boy at A&M, which is – I just kind of laughed when I read that, but yeah, I mean, there's not that had, change anything. I mean, three of the biggest busts at offensive tackle in the past. Well, I guess one of them was a guard maybe, but three of the, the biggest busts uh, of offensive linemen in the past five, six years have been his guys. I mean, it's yeah. not a good look at all. I, but to be fair though, offensive line at a and I mean, in college, the NFL is different. And especially with, I like said, who just completely didn't fit our scheme. And also, when you look at some of his problems, some of them were just unfixable. Like, his hands just very soft. 
there's just some stuff you can't coach. I, I think said fell under that category, but yeah, it's not a great look. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. I, it's not a great look at all. And yeah. I'm just kind of, it's ironic that the Bengals and Zach Taylor have been preaching new culture, new this, new that. We're going to be different. And I guess this is different because we've never hired a, a bully before, but it's not different in a good way. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's, I just think it's against what they were preaching. And for this to come out so soon after that's after that, it'd be one thing if our offensive line coach died, like what happened to the Vikings and they had to scramble to get someone or something like that. But I mean, they, I know, I know a lot of the candidates are dried up. I know we're last, last at the table right now in terms of getting positional coaches because we were one of the last teams to get, get our head coach hired. But at the same time, I mean, there's other guys out there that you could definitely have. I mean, I know Bill Callahan was their first choice reportedly, but I mean, there's also <laughs> probably a hundred other offensive line coach on college teams that would take our job that are probably just as good, if not better than Jim Turner and don't have that baggage. Yeah, man. I, th- I think there is a, I don't know the exact years, but Turner was in Miami, Taylor, Miami, the, probably just some connection there and basically I know a lot of you guys don't realize this but a lot of these coaching changes like when it was reported that Callahan was our offensive coordinator people were like oh this is a cheap hire no usually the NFL is all about connections and especially for coaches if they they're friends with a certain coach they want to bring them in like last year with Tara Lawson Marvin he him and Tara Lawson were great friends Austin was open for a job, so Marvin brought him in. So I think there's some connection between Taylor and Turner. But, yeah, I don't like Turner. So, yeah, I don't like Turner. I'm sure the reason they're bringing him in is the connection. Maybe – see, there's no excuse for what happened at A&M. I look at the Miami thing. I don't know what to say about the whole bully scandal because that thing was just a mess. And if you remember last year, the – Miami Dolphins offensive lineman who was bullied actually oh, went to I jail mean, or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm definitely not. That guy is. I mean, he he obviously has some issues mentally. He has some mental. I wish him. I wish yeah. him like all the yeah. luck and Godspeed and like, I mean, fixing that because I I want him to get treatment. I want him to get better. But yeah, he he wasn't. It's not like he was a normal guy. I mean, he had yeah. some issues. Yeah, that whole situation was a mess. I just don't know what to say. I mean, Richie Ignato is probably the bit. Let me rephrase. Ignato was definitely the big issue in that situation. I think Turner was just kind of going along with the joke, thinking, thinking it was nothing more, which, okay, but then that also shows he doesn't have control of the offensive line. I mean, yeah, that's one way to go at it. And, I mean, another thing to look at is, I mean, it's 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 not like he – it was like a reactionary thing to me. I mean, he literally made presentations on this stuff. Like, he had PowerPoints on these homosexual uh, or homophobic jokes and these sexist jokes. And I'm not getting into that. I, I just don't think it's something you want around your, your locker room just because, I mean, it's polarizing. I mean, some guys might be okay with it, but, I mean, it just takes one or two guys to disrupt the whole locker room. Yeah, and so the only reason I'm okay with this is Taylor talked to Turner, and Turner's like, yeah, man, I know I effed up in the past. I swear I change – give me a very thin ice and I still just because of how much Taylor was talking about discipline and character and uh press conference a couple of days ago I just can't I just don't make sense of this contradict so 
So he, Taylor Turner had to tell Taylor something that really made him want to give him a chance. Yeah, and what's interesting is no no super big – like Schefter hasn't reported this. Rappaport hasn't reported this. Now, smaller – like I said, uh, an offensive lineman from, it, from Texas A&M reported this. And the AM A and M beat writer did too, I think. That was from I believe I I I don't know if we're reading the same thing, but I believe she was just citing what that kid said. Uh, Barstool was uh, was that was on that as well. I think Barstool might have been first to the table actually. Yeah, but there's been no. Uh, I don't want to say there's no credit to A and M, but usually I like to wait for an NFL reporter to. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, verify. Even, we've had. I mean. There's been NFL reporters say that JDR is pretty much it's done, and he's he's not. So I mean, anything can happen. It's not done yeah. yet. So I, I probably misspoke earlier when I said it was official on Twitter. But I mean, th- things happen. So it might not be official yet. Maybe we get a situation like we uh, like the Titans got. Um, or not Titans. Sorry, the uh, University of Tennessee got last year. But we'll see. Um, let's just move on from. Uh, him because we've kind of been talking about him for a while, but um, other off or other positional coaches that we have hired, um, James Casey, he's going to be the tight ends coach. He's a former NFL tight end, been seven years, uh, was on the Texans, he coached for the Cougars, um, Houston Cougars, and he's going to be our new tight ends coach. I don't really, I don't really have an opinion on the hire other than that he's a young guy, which I like, um, at that position at least. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a change from what we had, and I think we need some youth to get injected in that uh, tight end group, just because I think it's I don't I don't see the morale in that group being too high after seeing Eifert get hurt for like eleven straight years. But I mean, I, I think it's good. I like that hire. Um, and another one is the assistant offensive line coach is Ben Martin. Um, he has ties with Zach Taylor as well. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that they announced the uh, assisted offensive line coach before the offensive line. I mean, I just kind of found – I don't have an issue with it. I th- thought that was weird. I think they you, did that because he's going to be their, like, backup, backup guy. Like, if they can't get Bill Callahan, if they, for some reason that Turner thing fell through, if they couldn't get their guys, I think he was going to be the guy that stepped in and – filled that role in for a little bit. I mean, because normally you don't really see stuff like that happen. You normally see, like, the offensive line coach come in first. Yeah. But the way the way this is shaking out, it just makes me seem like they'd have no idea who their offensive line coach is going to be So they wanted to hire someone in there just to get a presence there. Yeah, and what's really interesting, when the – like, two or three weeks ago when the report came out that Taylor was the – going to be the head coach, the front runner, there's a couple people saying – now, they weren't verified, but they claim to have knowledge that Taylor does not have a full staff together. And at first, I'm like, eh. No, he definitely doesn't. Yeah, but now I'm like, holy crap, he doesn't. I mean, I, I feel like he had one, but then it just fell apart too easily. I I tend to think – I don't think – from the beginning, I was thinking there's no way Zach Taylor is going to bring that many people. Like, I, I didn't see him bringing more than, like, one or two guys over, purely because a large part of his coaching tree – a large part of his success with coaching tree, that is, is with McVay. And McVay's a great guy. They just went to the Super Bowl. They're in L.A. Who would want to leave that? Yeah. And I I wouldn't want to leave that. 
So that's Unless why. if it was a promotion, like Waldron came in for offensive coordinator and called plays, but yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like, it would have like, to be a big promotion, right? Exactly. And I mean, Waldron, the only people worth bringing over in a promotion like that would be, I mean, Waldron, right? I mean, yeah. other than Waldron, who else would you? Maybe the offensive lines coach, but I mean, you give him like an assistant head coach. Yeah. This. Yeah. Just... I don't know. Um. Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say there's there's no reason to believe. And McVeigh also said yesterday that he doesn't believe that anybody's going to come from the his coaching staff to our coaching staff, which expected, but it would make no sense to. Yeah. Um. So that's I don't know the Zach Taylor thing. I I love the hire. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't. I don't like how the Bengals handled the hiring process of the positional coaches. I think yes. I think it's nice and all that they said. Okay, Zach, we're just gonna let you be. You finish your thing. I think that's great, but I think you also have to put your organization's needs before the others. And I don't think talking about. I don't know if they talked about these coaches. I don't know, but I feel like if they would have had more dialogue in that period that we didn't – well, we knew, but we didn't know officially who our coach was. If they had more dialogue, we might have a better idea of who our coaches were. And the Bengals might have been able to extend some offers a few weeks in advance just so those guys didn't take other jobs. Yeah, like Frank Polk's a great a great uh, example of this. Like originally he was – Taylor wanted to keep Pollock, but Pollock – it couldn't be official, and Pollock was getting a little anxious about it, and he had a job Is offer. that why he left? Yeah. Is that why yeah, he didn't quit to quit. He was just wasn't a hundred percent sure if the job was his, and he didn't want to risk like a higher fall, the higher falling through, and he gets the boot and it's too late, and he had a secure job. Uh, I think with the Jets, where he signed. Oh yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's, uh, true. And well. that's why he um, left. He Taylor didn't give him the boot. He wanted him to stay, but. He got anxious, so he left and got contract in New York. I knew, yeah, I knew he left. I didn't know the reason why he left. That is very interesting. So, I mean, that, that just proves my point. I mean, that I just don't like the, how it was handled. I love the hire. I just don't like the process leading up to it. But um, other than that, we talked about the guys that we do know um, are on this the staff. Let's talk about some guys that we don't know. Um, who are some guys that you would like a defense coordinator? Assuming that Jack Del Rio isn't – we've talked about Jack Del Rio before. Yeah. Looks like Jack Del Rio is not going to be the guy. Let's talk about that real that. quick because okay. he was the – the reports weren't wrong. He was the top candidate for the Bengals, but him and Taylor talked and something went wrong with the talk and they decided it wasn't a good fit. And that's, a, that's, that's another example of what I was just saying. I mean, had, had Zach Taylor been in communication with the Bengals and said – okay, well, let me talk to Jack Del Rio. Had Jack Del Rio and Zach Taylor talked three weeks ago, we would have known that, okay, Jack Del Rio isn't our guy, and we could have focused on looking at other guys. And we could have had more input on I – mean, we would know our defensive coordinator by now. So, I mean, yeah, I like you said, the reports weren't wrong. Um, the Bengals thought JDR was the guy. And I think something to note of this is – actually gave Zach Taylor that power because if you think about it Zach Taylor called Jack Del Rio they decided it wasn't going to work the Bengals didn't make that decision Zach Taylor did so I think that's a promising that's something that's very promising it just it means that they value Zach Taylor's opinion that much already 
and almost that's pretty much almost where Marvin Lewis was at this point. I mean, yeah, I mean, he barely had say on who to trade and sign for up until last year. Yeah, exactly. So I I think that's very promising. I I I don't like that Jack Del Rio isn't our guy, but I do like that they gave Zach Taylor some some responsibility and some some say. Yeah, so I yeah. Like I just that. want to wonder what went wrong. It had to be like a philosophy thing or something like that. Yeah, or maybe Del Rio's like, I don't like the talent you have. I'm still getting paid a lot of money from the Raiders because they're a bunch of dumbasses. So I'm just gonna say chill. Yeah, that's. I don't know how much I. Because I mean, yes, our defense is not very good, but I I do think it's obvious that we're going to invest in linebacker in some regard. Our secondary is above average. Our defensive line is extremely good on paper. I mean, it's one of the better defensive lines on paper in the league, probably top eight on paper. And the only hole in that defense is a linebacker. And if you don't have that many holes on the defense, I mean, it's obvious that hole is going to be attempted to be filled at least. So I, I don't really think that was the issue. I, I think it was more along the lines of Zach Del Rio just didn't really see himself in Cincinnati, not because of scheme, not because of roster. Just I, I think it was just a feel thing. No, that's possible. I mean, Del Rio's probably waiting for the perfect opportunity he can afford to wait in. He's yeah, in exactly. Cincinnati is I mean, even if we get a really good linebacker, still not a great situation. Definitely. I I disagree on that just because I mean the Bengals consistently have positional coaches that last a while, so I, I'm not going to go down that road. But maybe maybe another thing that happened is Zach Taylor called him up, and Jack Darby runs a lot of man. And it doesn't exactly fit with what the Rams did. Maybe, maybe Zach Taylor wants to do what the Rams did defensively. I don't know. It sounds just based off the little things we heard. It sounds like Taylor has no clue what to do about the defense. He has no say. It sounds like he wants basically his defensive coordinator to uh, kind of come up with that. And that, and I don't really know who that that's going to be because, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about some candidates now. But I mean, guys like. John Fox, guys like uh, Mike Nolan, Leslie Frazier are, are going to be – Leslie Frazier probably not anymore because whatever. But, I mean, he's on the bills already. But, I mean, there's – the candidates are kind of starting to dry up. And I don't know. What, what do you think? I don't know. The one that I'm – I would still be really happy if we got is John Fox. Uh, to me, he's just kind of the only standout defensive coordinator, coordinator – because he has a ton of experience. He's been to multiple Super Bowls, a lot of experience, and he's had a lot of great defenses in his career. I'm not 100% sure on his coaching style. I I had it a couple of days ago. I didn't have it written down, so I forget on top of my head, but he's someone who I just feel like would fit in, our, in Cincinnati and just help Taylor tremendously. Yeah, the thing about him is I, I believe he did a lot of 3-4. So that that's not an exact fit, but I don't think that's too much. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, I think as Joe Goodbear tweeted out, it's not even three four or four three. That's the problem. We're going to a lot of more nickel three safety set where that's a little less. Want to don't want to say important, it's, but I think it still matters just because I mean, I think that if you have the right roster for for both, like if you had a four three roster over here and a three four roster over here there wouldn't be that big of a difference at all. But if you have a roster that's set up for 4-3 already and you move to 3-4, that, that's when it becomes uh, an issue. Because then you have 
but I mean, I, I was talking about this the other day. You, you would have Lawson at linebacker. That's a fit. Fine. Geno Atkins would be at end. That's not really a great fit. He's a 4-3 defensive tackle, 3 technique. So that's not a great fit. Then you have to put Dunlap at – Dunlap doesn't really have a position. He's too small to play 3-4 defensive end. He's too big to play outside linebacker. Um, I mean, I can keep going here, but the, it doesn't fit our – it doesn't fit our – Yeah, and when I – and when I said it wasn't as big a deal, I feel like it's kind of easier to transition. If you're a 3-4 defensive corner, just of how much the defense is changing, you can kind of switch to a 4-3 and still do a lot of what you want to do. I feel like Fox can do that. He definitely has the defensive mind to switch to a 4-3, and I believe he has had some 4-3 defenses in his career. I, yeah, I, I, he has had them. He, he's been mostly 3-4, though, I believe. I, don't quote me on that. But, I mean, he's he's a very successful defensive coordinator. He's a great coach. It'd be a great – not the best fit, but I think he'd be great for us. I think he can do a lot with us. I, he's my favorite. He's my favorite favorite of now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, to me, he's next, easily my uh, first. So, who's who do you want to talk about next? Who do I want to talk about? I, I'm going to go Mike – Mike Nolan out of um, the Saints, and he's a guy. I'll, I'll actually let you start on him. I'm pulling up my notes. Mike Nolan came uh, up today for me for some reason. I did. I just missed it. I think it. Who was it that reported reported him? Was I think it was Paul Paul Duckner guy, whoever he is. Nolan. I mean, yeah, that sounds right. He's not the. He's not the – I'll let you start because I don't have a lot of stuff on him at all. Okay, so, I mean, Mike Nolan, he's he's off of the Saints, obviously. He's the linebackers coach, uh, former head coach for the 49ers. He, he used to be defensive coordinator. Um, this is a guy that I'm not as high on as most. Um, he His success as a coordinator just really wasn't it, – it's not as prevalent as you might think um, based on the hype he's getting. Um, he – it's just, I mean, he had stints with the Broncos, the the Giants, the Redskins, the Jets, the Ravens, the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Broncos. I mean, he's been around. Don't get like he's been around. My issue with that is he's never really stayed in one place for more than three or four years, except for other than I. No, he has. Well, I guess the Broncos for five years, six years. Other than the Broncos for six years in from 1987 to 1993, he. Since 1993, he's been on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams. Ten teams since uh, 1993. That's not good. That's not good, guys. Um, op- statistically, uh, he's had up and down defenses. More often than not, though, I mean, his defenses, his defensive defenses, can't talk to this have been in the 20s in terms of yards. Uh, I'll just read off some of them. Um, I'll go from 1993 down to 2014, uh, which is when the only times he's been a coordinator or head coach, okay? So, starting 1993, high numbers are bad, just to clarify. 22, 27, 30, 30, 11, 13, 6, 6, 27, 32, 31, 32, 29, 32, 13, 13, 16, 23, 6, 7, 5. So those are the those are the rankings of how how good he was in terms of yards given up, not 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 the best. Um, John Fox would 
I mean, John Fox would be a lot better than him. And I'm, I'm not too fond of uh, Mike Nolan. But, I mean, I guess it's better than um, the Packers guy, Dom Capers. So, I'll let you st- – the next guy, uh, I'll let you pick. Yeah, okay. Dom Ch- Capers is uh, somebody who I hate. Uh, uh, he was with – he was the Packers defense coordinator for nine years. And uh, him and Mike McCarthy were really good friends and – Kind of thinking about their friendship as Marvin Hugh and Marvin firing Hugh Jackson because he was doing that bad of a job. That's basically what happened. Capers, uh, during his tenure in Green Bay, the defense just kept getting worse and worse. Like, football was changing. The game was changing. He wasn't changing with it. And also, he's almost like another Terrell Austin based off how he likes to run his defense. He's going to give up the yards, and he's really reliant that you get the turnovers, and that's what's going to make a difference. And didn't work with Terrell Austin, and I don't see why our defense is going to do well with a guy with similar ideas and also isn't changing with the game. He's an interesting guy because early in his career, 1992 to like 1996, he had top 10 defenses almost every year. Um, but then lately, I mean, he hasn't had a top 14 defense since 2012. And he that Green Bay defense, he's not really a guy that is going to improve the level of the roster that he has. He's just kind of he's going to he's going to ride the wave. He's going to be he's going to just keep his head above water. He's not going to excel. He's not going to drown, but he's not going to excel. He's just he's kind of average at best. He kind of drowned. He's been terrible recently. He's been terrible. So I guess recently he has drowned. But <laughs> I, I I just don't like that high. That's probably worst case for me. Yeah. Another guy that we were talking about. Um, earlier, this was, I think, yesterday, the day before, we were talking about uh, coaching candidates. Braden texted me and said, how would you feel about Rex Ryan? To which I said, I would like that. And talent-wise and coaching-wise, I think it's it's up there with John Fox. Um, Attitude-wise and personality-wise, he has been a cancer in the locker room. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's just one of those situations where – you got to choose your poison. Either you you need to find the guy for Taylor who can just almost take the defense off his shoulders since he has no experience. And I think despite the bad attitude, Ryan can do that. He's he thinks really good. His defenses have always been really good. I don't have the numbers pulled up, but he's he has experience in that. It helps Taylor so much, but the attitude – I don't want that to rub off on Taylor, as you've mentioned a couple of times when we were talking about it. It's going to be a lot of negativity, and if you get, and especially with some of the guys in the locker room, if we keep perfect, I have no idea if we will. That's a subject for another time. That, but that's just a blend that I don't know will go well. Yeah, that's the thing. I, that's that's what I meant by attitude. I mean, he's a guy that if the offense isn't performing like one game, if let's say the, the Bengals lose like. I don't know, 10 to 7 or something like that. Rex Ryan's going to be a little a little drama queen about it. He's going to be a little high school girl about it and he's going to he's going to talk bad about Zach Taylor just because of one game and he he's going to be a guy that's going to almost like a Hugh Jackson. I mean, he's going to leak stuff out about him bad mouthing Zach Taylor. He's going to be like sources or Mike Silver Mike Silver is going to be like sources say Zach Taylor's losing the locker room or something like that. And he's a guy that I don't think um, not emotionally, but mentally, he isn't good for Zach Taylor. I don't think the defense could play well, but if that offense even struggles a little bit, I think Rex Ryan's going to be at everyone's throat. Yeah, and sadly, just because of a situation, he, 
we're in. He's number two on my defensive coordinator list. Is me too. That I I completely agree. I I it's a bad situation. Uh, the Bengals should have been on this earlier, but it is what it is. Um. So yeah, I mean, I do have the numbers pulled up that you you don't have pulled up over there, but um. So he's been a defensive coordinator every year since pro from two. Well, he's been a defensive coordinator or head coach every year from 2005 until 2016. Um, yards wise, like like earlier, lower numbers are good. So ranking of yards given up, um, total yards given up, 2005 to 2016. Start at 2005. So five, one, six, two, one, three, five, eight, eleven, six, nineteen, and nineteen. Those are extremely good numbers, guys. Uh, he had a top 10 defense, top 8 defense, uh, 9 out of 12 years. That's pretty good. Um, so, he is second on my coordinator list. Uh, Attitude-wise, I don't like it. But, I mean, it is what it is, guys. We got to take what we can get right yeah, now. You got to choose your position. Do you want to get a guy who's going to get your defense performing better but be an issue? Or do you want a guy who he might have control of the locker room, but he might not be able to coach the defense real well? Yeah, exactly. So, um, other than defensive coordinator, we obviously have other position coaches that we need filled. Um, secondary coaches look like both are staying. Wide receiver coaches filled. Assistant offensive line is filled. Tight end is filled. Quarterback is filled. Wide receiver is filled. That leaves a uh, linebacker, defensive line, running back, and offensive line coach already. Uh, we already discussed that. And, yeah, so we don't have that many positions to fill mainly because the Bengals retained um, a good portion of their guys. I mean, for a new head coach, that's, I mean, retaining almost half of your guys is, it's it's not rare, but, it, I mean, most of the time it's a clean clean swipe, uh, clean slate, my bad. Um, but for linebackers coach, I, I don't really see many options out there. Um, obviously, that's something that you're going to, you're prob- when you, we hire our linebacker coach, we're probably never going to be, we're never, we're never going to hear of him. Or we would have never have heard of him. Um, my bad, sorry. Cannot talk today. Still stressed over my uh, midterms. But um, yeah, I mean, he's. It's just we're not going to really hear about these personal coaches that much until um, the hire is actually official. So, I on that, I don't think we can really uh, provide any commentary on that. Um, this week we do not have scouts or scouting. We weren't scouting. I cannot talk still, man. Uh, we're not going to be scouting guys this week. Well, we didn't scout guys last week. We're not going to be reporting on any scouts or players this week. Sorry, Jesus. Um, next week we will though. Uh, we're going to probably have four or five guys for you guys next week. So uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, not really. Uh, so I guess a name to watch out for for defensive line could be the Eagles' defensive line coach. Apparently he's not staying with the Eagles and he hasn't signed a contract yet. So that that is interesting. Somebody just randomly that. DM'd me that a couple days ago. I looked it up. I verified it. So yeah, that's that's cool. Um, that would be a good option given the success of that defensive line. Um, but yeah, other than that, guys, next week we're gonna be back at, back at you with hopefully more information information on positional coaches. Come back with uh, some prospects. And uh, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, day. don't forget to follow me and Brayden um, on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, I am at Bengals Handle. Brayden is at Bengals underscore L on Instagram. See you guys next week. Yep. day. Hooday.